Good morning. This is indeed another wonderful privilege where we can gather together to worship our loving and compassionate Savior. This month is the last month of this year, and we are beginning to sing Christmas carols, Christmas songs, to celebrate the birth of Christ. And I do remember for the many years, or even almost every year, we sing the Christmas song, uh, Joy to the World. We usually sing that year by year. And it tells us the Lord is come, let earth receive her king. Let earth receive her king. Yes, we acknowledge that our Lord is king, as written in Matthew chapter 2, where the Magi, or the wise men, so-called the wise men, who travel from a distant place in search for the king to worship him. They were, they were astrologers who studied the stars, and they saw the star of the king of the Jews that was born. Yes, Jesus was born king, not only as king of the Jews, but Jesus is the king of kings, the Lord of lords. He is the king of heaven and earth with great glory, power, and majesty when he comes again, when he comes the second time to return to take every believers in him to be with him for eternity. You know, though Jesus was born king 2,000 years ago, he was born into humanity as a babe, and yet we can also see in the word of God that he lowered himself into a servant. He became a servant. Though Jesus was born king, and yet we can see in the Bible that he was not born in a palace. He had no army, and he was not treated like a king. Besides, he had a humble earthly journey. He had a humble earthly journey. He was born with lowly parents, poor parents, born in the cold of the night, without creed, without any medical facilities, or even doctors or midwife to attend to his needs. Not only during his birth that our Lord, who was born king, went through many hardships, but also during his earthly ministry days. At one point, Jesus said, Foxes have holes, birds have nests, but the Son of Man have nowhere to lay down his head. And that's mean sufferings. And our passage this morning in Isaiah 53 prophesied about Christ, about Christ the Messiah the suffering servant that fulfilled the prophecy in Isaiah 53 after 700 years. And we have just read Isaiah 53, and we cannot escape our eyes with the many sufferings, with the many tortures, 
with the many hardship and pain that our Lord had gone through. The maltreatment and many sufferings are very obvious as what we have read in Isaiah 53. We can see in verse 1, many did not believe him. Many did not believe him. He came to his own, but his own rejected him. Jesus came to heal the sick. Jesus came to feed those who are hungry. Jesus came even to give eternal life. He had performed many signs and wonders. He teaches the truth about God. And Jesus performed many miracles. And with all these mighty deeds, still, we can see many did not believe him. And in verse 2, it tells us that people see no beauty or anything that attract them to him and did not desire him. In other words, Jesus was rejected. In verse 3, it tells us that he was also a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. Jesus went through many physical and emotional pain as he willingly suffered in behalf of Israel and to all people. But instead, he was rejected. He was despised. In verse 4, it tells us that he bore our griefs. He carried our sorrows. He was stricken, smitten, and he was afflicted. In verse 5, he was pierced when he was hung at the cross. He was crushed. He was chastised. He was punished and wounded, though through this, it brought us peace and healing. And in verse 6, our iniquity was laid on him. Our sins was laid on the Lord Jesus Christ when he was hung at the cross. In verse 7, he was oppressed, afflicted, and led to slaughter. He was killed. In verse 8, he was condemned, and he was cut off from humanity, and he was stricken. In verse 9, he was counted with the wicked. Though our Lord had never sinned, he came with love, with compassion to redeem us, and yet he was counted with the wicked. In verse 10, he was crushed. He was grief-stricken and offered as an offering for our sins, though he never sinned. In verse 11, he was filled with grief. And in verse 12, he was counted with the transgressors, though he never sinned. He even prayed at the Garden of Gethsemane to the point that his sweat became blood. With all this excruciating pain, all this agony and suffering that the Messiah went through, one important thing that we can observe as well, that it is God's will and God's plan that this will happen 
to our Savior, to the Messiah. In verse 4, it tells us that he was smitten by God. He was afflicted by God. God allowed this to happen. He was pierced for our transgression, transgressions, crushed for our iniquities, the chastisement that brought us peace, and he was wounded for our healing in verse 5. Again, in verse 6, it is the Lord that laid on him our sins upon him. In verse 10, it tells us that it was God, God's will to crush him, to put him to grief, and made him an offering. Now, we may ask, why? Have you ever wondered why? With all this suffering, with all this torture, to our Lord who never sinned, and yet He came with love, with compassion, with the intent of redeeming sinners. Have you ever asked, even now, the question, why this happened to the Messiah, to our Christ, to our Savior, the one who expected to reign as King, must suffer with all this excruciating pain and to suffer to the point that he was tortured beyond human recognition. In Isaiah 52, verse 14, he was tortured to the point that he, was, he can no longer be recognized. He was tortured beyond human recognition. Why did God allow his servant to suffer so badly? Have you ever wondered and asked this question, why? Why did God allow this to happen? Let me explain. Number one, God cannot overlook and ignore sin. God cannot overlook and ignore sin. God will deal with sin. Because God is holy, God is righteous. And the Bible tells us that Jesus became the mediator between God who is holy and we who are sinners. He became the mediator. For us to truly comprehend the salvation we have in Christ, we need to understand the suffering and the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because only Jesus, the God-man, has the qualification to bring us redemption and reconciliation with God. There is no other except our Lord Jesus Christ, who is truly man, became like one of us, and who is truly God. He is the only one who is qualified to bring us redemption. Second, God cannot overlook sin. And secondly, Jesus suffered to satisfy the justice of God. Jesus suffered to justify the justice of God. Jesus became sin for us, though he never sinned. 
as what our song leader have just mentioned earlier. So that our sin will be upon him and Christ's righteousness, who is the Godman, his righteousness will be imputed in us to all who trust and believe in him. Our sin upon him and his righteousness in us so that we will be reconciled to God. We will be forgiven of our sins because of what Jesus had done at the cross of Calvary. And the third reason, because of the fall of men. When Adam and Eve fall into sin, animal skin were used to cover their shame. After they sinned, they were ashamed because they were naked. And God used animal skin to cover their shame. And blood was shed. When animal was slaughtered and the skin was covered to cover the shame of Adam and Eve. And in the Old Testament time, the shedding of blood makes the atonement for sin, the offering for sin. It is the shedding of blood, uh, animal's blood, for the atonement of sin. And Jesus, as the Lamb of God, he became the final and perfect sacrifice for sin once and for all. The animal offering in the Old Testament, the rituals were just a shadow, looking forward to the New Testament, in which Christ, the perfect and final, the perfect Lamb of God, the final sacrifice for sin once and for all. John the Baptist said when he saw Jesus, Jesus, who is the Lamb of God, here comes the Lamb of God, Just John the Baptist declared in John 1.29, who takes away the sins of the world. Jesus sacrificed, in other words, paid for the penalty of our sin. Blood must be saved. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. And when there is the shedding of blood, there is that sacrifice, sufferings involved. Therefore, we are redeemed by the precious blood of Christ, shed at the cross of Calvary for the forgiveness of our sins. That is why Jesus must suffer. That is why Jesus must go through all these sufferings, though he never sinned. That our sin will be placed on him at the cross of Calvary and his righteousness upon us that will be accepted by God through the cleansing and forgiveness, through the repentance of our sins, and by the cleansing of the blood of our Lord, so that we will be reconciled to our Heavenly Father. Now the benefits of Christ's suffering. If we observe the 12 verses in what we have read a while ago in Isaiah 53, it speaks about God, about prophecy. It speaks about the works of God and the suffering of the Messiah. But there is one verse in verse 6. In the first portion, it speaks about people confessing their sins. This particular verse 
speaks about a group of people confessing their sins. It, it tells us that this group of people confess all we like sheep have gone astray and turned to his own way. In other words, they have admitted that they, have, they were lost and they, were, and they wandered away from God. It's going to his own way. They were like sheep who were dumb, who were senseless, who were not aware of any danger along the way. Sinners are like sheep. Sinners live what they, as they want to, as they desire, and stray from the protection, ignore the provision of God, the security of God, and even does not enjoy the presence of God. Because sinners love darkness than the light of God. We are this kind of people. At one point in our lives, living independently from God. And we praise and thank the Lord that our Lord came to seek and save the lost and gave his life as a ransom for many. If you have your Bible, you can open it to Acts chapter 8. In verses 26 to 39, it tells us about a eunuch who was with authority, with high position, who was wealthy and very religious. Besides, he went to Jerusalem to worship God. And on his way home from worship, the Lord caused Philip to cross the pathway of this eunuch who was in his chariot. And this eunuch in, the, in his chariot was reading the scriptures in Isaiah 53. And he came to verse 7 and verse 8, and it says, Like sheep, he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb, before its shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And in verse 34, the eunuch said to Philip, Does the prophet talk about himself or about someone else? In verse 35, Philip began with the scripture and told him the good news about the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, Isaiah 53 speaks about the Lord Jesus Christ. The good news, the gospel about the Lord Jesus Christ. And in verse 36, they came to some water and the eunuch was baptized by Philip. And in verse 39, the Bible tells us, that the eunuch went home. He went home rejoicing. He went home rejoicing. And this point all point to the gospel, the good news about the Lord Jesus Christ that Philip explained to this eunuch who was confused, who was spiritually lost. How Jesus was born, how Jesus came to earth, how he ministered to people, how he suffered, how he was hung on the cross, 
how he died and how he resurrected from the dead on the third day and promised to return one day to judge the living and the dead. And when the eunuch saw the water, he said, is there anything that would prevent me from being baptized? In other words, he understood the truth about the Lord Jesus Christ, even his command to be baptized in the Lord Jesus Christ. This eunuch at first was a lost sheep. He was confused. He cannot even understand what he was reading. And he was in spiritual darkness, though he was very religious. He just came home from worship, and yet he was confused. He had no joy because the Bible tells us in the end he went home rejoicing. In other words, he had no joy. Though he was rich, but he was without any fulfillment in life. He's, in, he's searching for something beyond this life. But after believing the good news about the Lord Jesus Christ, after repenting of his sins and trusted Christ as Savior, he was born again. He was regenerated into a new life in Christ. This man likewise submitted to water baptism. He became aware of the truth. And later we can see he was no longer confused, no longer spiritually lost, no longer in darkness, but forgiven. And his new life now filled with joy. And theologians said that he went home to his place in Utopia and witnessed to many, that many became Christian in his hometown. He went home rejoicing all because of his newfound faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He did not pay anything. He, he did not buy his salvation. He did not earn it. He, he just trusted it and received it as a gift from God through what Jesus had done. And this can also be true to you and to me. Therefore, anyone who is in Christ is a new creation, as what we have seen in the life of this you know, with new position and status as we now belong to God, both and redeemed by the precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are now transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. With our new status in Christ, we are now called children of God, as God gave us the power, the right to become his children. And our names, if you and I are in Christ, our names are now written in the book of life. In Christ, we are no longer spiritually lost. We are forgiven of our sins through our repentance, and the Holy Spirit indwells us. The Holy Spirit lives in us as a mark that we are now redeemed by the blood of Christ to protect us from the evil one, to guide us, and will never leave nor forsake us. There's joy, there's peace, even in the midst of suffering and trials for those who are in Christ. Even in near-death experience, sick ones who are believers, they can live and depart this life 
with peace for those who are in Christ. Because He is our true comforter, He is our strength, He is our refuge, He is our ever-present help in times of trouble. And His grace is sufficient to sustain us as we live faithfully for our Lord Jesus Christ. And all this became possible because Jesus came to seek and save lost sinners like you and me. And he gave his life as a ransom for many. He gave his life as a ransom for each one of us that we might experience forgiveness, forgiveness of sin, and be reconciled to our Heavenly Father. Jesus became a substitute for us sinners to satisfy the justice of God as our sins are laid on Him as what we have read in Isaiah 53. His, our sins was, was laid on Him and His righteousness imputed in us that we are made right with God. Nothing and no one else can save us from our sins except through our Lord Jesus Christ who suffered and gave His life for us as a substitute. Brothers and sisters in Christ, as a response to what God had done for us through Christ, let us remain faithful to Him. Let us continue to obey His commands. Let us live for Him who suffered and died for us. And let us be willing, children of God, to live and to suffer for Christ, who gave, who gave his life for our salvation. We may not have suffered like the Apostle Paul, who endured many sufferings for Christ during his earthly ministry. He encountered beatings. He was imprisoned many times. He was stoned. And he was persecuted. Yet Paul saw his suffering as a pathway to conform him into the image of Christ. We too can view our trials and afflictions for the sake of Christ as a means to make us more like our Lord Jesus Christ. The more we suffer for him, the more we become like our Lord Jesus Christ. Until we join Christ in glory, we will experience suffering for Christ as part of God's strengthening and purifying process for us to become like our Lord Jesus Christ, which is the goal of every Christian, to become Christ-like. Isaiah 53 reveals about the suffering and humble beginnings of the Messiah, our Lord Jesus Christ. But He was greatly exalted before the end of the chapter. Though despised, rejected, forgotten, yet He prospered. Though He was cut off from the living and crucified and died, yet God raised Him from the dead 
after three days and he lives forevermore. One day Jesus will return, but he will no longer return as a savior, but he will return as the judge of all mankind. He will return as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, which many Jew, Jews are expecting him, expecting him to come. They cannot accept that the Savior would come to suffer, to become like one of us. And they are still waiting up to this day. But Jesus said already come 2,000 years ago and He will return as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord and every knee shall bow before Him to the glory of God the Father. Friends, Jesus knew why He must drink the cup of suffering. Jesus knew why He must suffer and He willingly obeyed the Father even to the point of death. To the point of death in Philippians chapter 2. For there is no peace with God apart from the chastisement that He had endured for us. We have no healing for our souls, no forgiveness for our sins, no justification before God apart from the suffering of Christ in which He took our sins upon Himself. Therefore, let us make sure that we are in Christ. Let us not be deceived. Let us make sure that you have repented of your sins, that you and I, at one point in our lives, have realized that we are sinners in need of a Savior. Convicted of our sins, and we repented of our sins, and we should make sure that we have truly surrendered our life to the Lord Jesus Christ, who lived and died for us. Our salvation is a free gift, as we believe and receive it by faith alone, for what Christ had sacrificed and died at the cross of Calvary. It is a finished work, a complete work, a perfect and final sacrifice for sin once and for all. You should make sure that you have received Him as your Savior. If you are still in doubt or struggling, this, today is the time that you have to open and surrender your hearts to God. We are all sinners and can only receive forgiveness through our Lord Jesus Christ for the shedding of His blood that we might receive forgiveness and be reconciled to our Heavenly Father. Let us now come with, before God, our loving and compassionate God with a heart full of gratitude for what He had done through Christ for the sake of our salvation. Let us offer our life as a living sacrifice to God, as an act of our worship and thanksgiving to our God. As we come before the Lord's table 
and reflect the full weight and the full worth of Christ's sacrifice and death for our salvation. Let us come with an attitude that reflects Christ's humility, forgiveness, and compassion as we confess and repent of any sin or any wrongdoings we have done before God and our fellow men so that we can walk in newness of life as we recommit our commitment to our loving Savior. Let us pause for a moment of silence as we surrender and commit our life to our God once again with thanksgiving for what He has done for us.